Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What did you make of the, the trade Lance trade to Dallas? Weird situation. Been a lot of weird situations over there in San Francisco. Just to leave it at that. But, uh, you know, I'm happy Trey got another shot, man. How do you think San Francisco's handled those, those quarterback situations? How do you think they've handled them? <laughs> I think it's been messy. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Ooh. Listen, listen, Jimmy G sounds like a scorn lover. And you know what? I'm not mad <laughs> does. at him. I, I got a little petty in my, in my make, in my uh, repertoire, if you will. So a little? I can, un- <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> Just a tad. So I can totally relate to this. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. It's your girl, Ashley. It's your girl, Liv. I'm so excited to once again be hosting Brother From Another with one of my best friends in the whole world. It's going to be a really, really fun show. And reacting to that clip, listen, my old stomping ground, Sports Illustrated, shout out to them. Robin Lundberg did a fantastic job with pulling that uh, question out of Jimmy Garoppolo. But Jimmy threw some shade at at his ex, the 49ers, and said, um, you know, it's a lot of weird situations over there. And then when asked about how they handled the QB situation, he flipped it and said, well, how do you think they handled it? Which in so many ways says, I'm not going to say it, but you can say it. Absolutely. Hearing that clip, it went viral. How did you feel about that? I mean, he hit him with the one-two punch. He he first started off by saying, let me just leave it at that, which we know what that means. There's more to that story, and he's just choosing to take the high road, if you will, with a little petty jab in there. But then he also, like you said, flipped it around and said, well, what do you think? And I obviously, you could tell by his expressions, you could tell by the way he answered that question. There is a lot of, of you know, behind the Mm -hmm. scenes things that I think we all know were happening in San Francisco. To me, the San Francisco 49ers are probably the most incompetent team when it comes to QB evaluations. I mean, this has been something that has been going on with them season after season. And honestly, it might be the thing that is standing in their way of a Super Bowl. They've got a great roster. If you look at this team on paper, it's excellent. But time and time again, we're having the same conversations about who is the QB, even as a starter, I think the starters over there don't even know if their job is uh, secure. So it's like a revolving Mm. door of quarterbacks over there. I don't think they're ever going to find the one until they get to the root of the issue. And clearly Jimmy G was insinuating there's quite a few issues over there. It's been messy. I mean, it's definitely interesting because I think that the the strong part, the pro of the 49ers is the fact that they are a plug and play offense, right? It doesn't really matter what quarterback you put in that position. They are constructed to be able to win regardless because they rely heavily on their run game and other factors of the game that doesn't necessarily require an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Josh Allen or any of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, you can win and you can go to an NFC championship. You can go to a Super Bowl with a average quarterback, a Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, who does just enough to win you games, but he's not the guy who's going to go above and beyond what you ask of him. But it is interesting what these past few seasons have been. You bet the house on Trey Lance. You ultimately give the Dolphins all that they need to rebuild their situation. Trey Lance, unfortunately, goes through a series of injuries. So he loses his starting job, not once, but twice. One of those being to Mr. Irrelevant, 
Bennett, who Brock Purdy, now the franchise quarterback, Trey Lance isn't even the backup quarterback at this point before being traded to Dallas of his own team. So it's interesting because if you remember the Jimmy Garoppolo situation was they came out, the 49ers came out and said that they were going to go ahead and shop Jimmy Garoppolo around because Trey Lance needed to be developed without the shadow of Jimmy Garoppolo lurking around in the locker room. He needed his confidence because that was the guy. It ended up not being the guy and Brock Purdy ended up being the guy. But it's just interesting how we chastise these other organizations for their failure when it comes to drafting quarterbacks successfully. And I think that the 49ers tend to fly under the radar because they've been successful despite not really being, um, let's, let's call it what it is, successful in the quarterback department. So right. it's, an, it's interesting hearing Jimmy Garoppolo kind of allude to that a little bit. Well, and I think you you brought up a great point about the plug and play and how they have quarterbacks that basically can just get into whatever the offense is looking like and make it happen. Jimmy G didn't need to be overly outstanding to get the job done. But then you also talk about, which is the issue with this 49ers team, they haven't found the guy. How do you find mm-hmm. the guy when you have a plug and play model? You should be able to stick any person in there and have them do the bare minimum. You would argue Brock Purdy did his job last season. Jimmy G did what he needed to do. So if you have this plug and play model you have to be a little bit more patient with finding the guy because I don't really know what that even looks like and I don't think the 49ers do either so here they have a Trey Lance um, that they spent their money on and he is supposed to be a plug and play and I think we had the 49ers coach come out and talk about how he feels like he handled that wrong and obviously nobody can predict that Trey Lance would get hurt the way that he did but again then Mm -hmm. you've got him he's healthy he's ready to go keep that plug and play model and you go for a Brock Purdy who yes did his job last season but then a Sam Darnold enters the chat so again when you've got that plug and play model I think it makes it more difficult to find your guy because who is your guy you don't even know what you're looking for necessarily Well, the 49ers guy is on the move. And all I know is if the Cowboys went through the quarterback saga that the 49ers have, nobody would stop talking about it. Yet here we are because nobody wants to stop talking about this Trey Lance, (laughs) Dak Prescott situation. Now, Trey Lance spoke for the first time as a Dallas Cowboy to the media. And in so many different ways, he said he's extremely happy to be there when he heard he was being traded to Dallas. It was all smiles. He said that Dak gave him an extremely warm welcome. He's excited to learn from him. He also calls it just um, he's he spoke to his excitement about being able to learn from Mike McCarthy as well. So he's happy for his new start. But the interesting thing about this whole conversation of Trey Lance and Dak Prescott to me is I think it's because it's the Dallas Cowboys and it's Dak Prescott that we're making this a thing and it's not really a thing. I will say the thing that rubs me the wrong way about it is the lack of transparency between Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott. Yes. But the thing that doesn't bother me, Dak's job is not in jeopardy. First of all, Trey Lance is the third string quarterback on the Dallas Cowboys. Trey Lance is also the guy who lost his. Yeah. And Trey Lance is also the guy who lost his starting job, not once, but twice. So I get it. It's the Cowboys. It's fun to go ahead and, and, you know, speculate, oh, is Dak going to lose his job? Dak's not losing his job, but Jerry Jones and and Dak's relationship, there might be some things lost there. 
Correct. And let me tell you, I spend a lot of time putting our friendship on the line, speaking about the Dallas Cowboys and Dak mm-hmm. Prescott. But listen, I will tell you, I think this is the perfect uh, team for a Trey Lance to be a part of because of the exceptional leadership skills that Dak Prescott has. Not only that, mm-hmm. but Dak has also battled injury in his career. And so this is the perfect person for me that is going to have Dak is going to wrap his arms around Trey Lance and whether or not Trey Lance has a starting position, which I don't foresee with this Cowboys mm-hmm. team. He is about to be training and learning from one of the best leaders in terms of quarterbacks in this league. So that is a very positive thing that I have to say about Dak Prescott. And I'm telling you right now, I just did a show the other day speaking about the Dallas Cowboys and the success that they will hopefully have this season. Jerry Jones is going to be what stands in the Cowboys way from now until forever winning a Super Bowl. He has not evolved with the game of football. He is set in his ways and it feels like time and time again, he keeps Dak Prescott on an island while still saying, win us games, win us a Super Bowl. And their relationship to me is toxic. I've talked about wanting Dak Prescott out of Dallas before. And it's not because I don't think that Dak Prescott can do what he needs to do for the Cowboys. I think that he's got an owner that puts un- unnecessary pressure on his shoulders season after season. And excluding him from a conversation about Trey Lance is just one more pressure for what? Mm-hmm. That's why the media and other fan bases take information from the Cowboys and run with it because the the Cowboys have an owner that is a master media manipulator that loves to just plant these little seeds and let everybody start talking. I have never been a fan of Jerry Jones. I cannot stand Jerry Jones, but I do really love Dak Prescott. Despite all the things that I say about the Cowboys, I think Dak Prescott is an exceptional leader. And I think this is the perfect team for Trey Lance to be a part of under the leadership of Dak Prescott. Absolutely. And listen, I'm lucky enough to call Dak a friend. He's honestly just one of the nicest people. And I think that even if you're not a Cowboys fan, it's hard to not root for him, especially with all that he has been through in his life. Um, and and how he's overcome that and just walks around with such grace and dignity and how much of a leader he is. It is interesting, though. You know, I know we talk about, and I agree, Trey Lance is not taking Dak Prescott's job. Again, he's a third-string quarterback after Cooper Rush. And Cooper Rush is a phenomenal backup. We saw that last season. Yeah. But playing devil's yeah. advocate here, I can understand the confusion of Cowboy fans, of football fans, just in general, as to why you have a great starting quarterback, a quarterback who has shown and a great to be a backup. leader a, and a great backup and why you spend a fourth round pick, which listen, I know everyone talks about the first round, the second round, but three through five can turn into starters. Dak Prescott, for example, my co-host at IMF, yep. he was a fourth round, Brandon Marshall. So like we've seen guys go from fourth and fifth round, become starters, become franchise quarterbacks. It's interesting to yep. me that you would spend that pick on a quarterback you didn't really need. And the reasoning for that, I still haven't come to that conclusion to just yet. I'm still trying to figure it out because I don't necessarily understand that rationale. That's the biggest question mark to me. Again, an unnecessary pressure by Jerry Jones, who is supposed to be the largest Dak Prescott believer. For what? 
For what? Dak Prescott is an exceptional quarterback, but he gets put in these situations time and time again, where it's like, now the, now the media is wondering, now fans are wondering, now the team is probably going, what? So again, it just feels like another unnecessary move. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad one, but you just kind of sit there and try to figure out what was going through Jerry Jones' head. I don't think about it too long, though, because I don't think any of us will ever know the answer to that question with half of the things that that man does. <laughs> Right. And before we dive into Super Bowl, you know, odds real quick on Dak, I mean, he is approaching a re-up on a deal. And I yep. think a lot of people kind of wonder if this is a manipulation tactic by Jerry Jones. Listen, Dak has come out and said last year his interception number was astronomically just horrendous. Now, if you actually dive into the X's and O's of that, I know the number is not great, but if you actually dive into that, not all of them were because he just threw into traffic. Some of them are because no. of situations outside of his control. Neither here nor there. The quarterback gets the glory and the quarterback gets the fall. I wonder... If this signing of Trey Lance is almost a Jerry to Dak thing, non-verbally, you better do your job because if not, I'm grooming this one to take it, which is gross when you think about it. It is gross because this isn't the first time that he has done something like this to Dak Prescott. He has gone public mm -hmm. with, I, we overpay him. He's gone public with, with little jabs here and there that feel, mm -hmm. one, very childish, and two, just feel very unnecessary. And to be honest with you, you could have a Dak Prescott that goes, all right, bet. I, I see it. I hear it. I mm -hmm. understand it. I'm going crazy. Or you could have a Dak Prescott who's a human being and says, this environment is toxic. Not everybody thrives under unnecessary pressures like that. So I really hope it doesn't right. bite Jerry Jones in the behind uh, making this move. For some people, it's motivating. For other people, this could be just another thing where Dak is like, I, I've had enough. Like, what are we doing here? So I obviously hope that Dak has a phenomenal season and, um, yeah, I don't know. Jerry Jones is a very interesting character. I'm not even Dak and I've had enough, but despite the drama of the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, which seems to come every single year, they're still in contention yeah. as a top team to make it to yes. the Super Bowl. So Liv, dive into a little bit of the Super Bowl odds. The Cowboys are there. The Jets are there. I know you're flying high on the, you're buying the Jet stock real high. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, geez. Here we go. Your yeah, no, honestly, team. I just kind of exactly my favorite team. I just wanted to kind of talk about the Cowboys for a second, because, again, I, I had a show just the other day and we talked about the Cowboys and I said, it's our year is kind of becoming a satire at this point by Dem Boys, if you will. However, I do think that the Cowboys are in a very, very good spot right now. I think this is maybe the first time we've seen the offense being a little bit more built around Dak rather than, hey, Dak, figure it out. That combination right. of Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb to me is arguably some of the best weapons we've seen Dak have in recent years. Offensively, they ended fourth in scoring last season. I think Brandon Cooks and Lamb, that combo to me could be exceptional. You've obviously got a Micah Parsons coming back on defense, an elite defense that we're looking at here. And again, an elite quarterback. I always talk about Dak Prescott from the angle of you stick him up against defense and he can go from good tier to middle tier. But I think the only difference is this season to me where I actually feel comfortable saying this actually may be the Cowboys year, potentially. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let your head get too big. It could be their year because this to me feels like the first time that the offense is being catered a little bit more to Dak's strengths and a little bit less of, 
hey, Dak, figure it out. While Dak right. is fully capable of figuring it out, I think he's finally being put into a, posi- a position like a Jalen Hurts where, hey, we've got this quarterback. How can we make his job easier? I think Brandon Cooks is a great addition in combination with CeeDee Lamb. I'm very excited to see what that brings. I think the Cowboys have a really great shot. I do feel like, unfortunately, with teams like the Cowboys, the Jets, the Bills, we're talking mm-hmm. about a it's not a successful season unless you win it all. And that is so unfortunate. Right. And I think a lot of Cowboys fans probably feel frustrated by that mentality of why is it always us? Why is the pressure always on us? Why is Dak held to unrealistic standards? But it's because being so close, you can taste it and always falling short is a very frustrating process. I was with you on vacation. You were trying to tap into whatever Wi-Fi we had in this small van moving through the jungle and you're trying to keep <laughs> Wi-Fi it's so that you can watch the Cowboys versus the 49ers. Uh, what was it? Two seasons ago go yeah um yeah. and it's the same heartbreak i've now as a friend to you i watch the heartbreak in the front receipt and so i understand the frustration there and i feel like this is a roster where if it's not now it's never that's the same way that i feel about the jets and it's the same way that i feel about the bills the bills on paper look like one of the best teams in the nfl if they fall for short sure. i'm not sure that it's ever happening for them so and to me those are kind of the three with, teams real quick on the bills though it's going to be interesting listen the relationship between josh allen stefan diggs has been a talking point all offseason stefan diggs has deactivated his instagram it seems like he is just tied into the season and wants to stop being asked about or stop being talked about this yep. relationship but also von miller is out the first four games now if you look I at the bill's know. schedule that doesn't really, yep. I don't feel like it makes or breaks them too much, except for that game, no. Monday Night Football, against the Jets. That may be a loss for the Bills without Von Miller for on defense. Totally. Yeah, so for me, these three teams, I just feel like they are in a now or never situation uh, because, again, the Jets have an elite defense that they're working with. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming in. They've already had a pretty successful offense last season minus the quarterback and I think what the Jets mm-hmm. are getting this year is an Aaron Rodgers who's surrounded by a better defense and has a better attitude so will we see the back-to-back MVP version of Aaron Rodgers potentially but again uh it's just now or never for these teams for me these are the three that have really great teams on paper and if they don't win it now I'm not sure that they ever will be and again these are also the three teams that to me Making the champion, the NFC or the AFC championship, it's just not enough. They got, they've got to win it all. The pressure is very high on these three teams, in my opinion. Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, speaking of pressure, the pressure is also apparently high on Eli Apple if you ask his baby mama because... Oh, my God. It came out. She posted something on her close friends, and I guess her close friends ain't really her friends Aren't because so someone close. screenshotted it. <laughs> That's so close. Somebody, somebody right. screenshotted it, and it went viral. Basically, for people who are unfamiliar with what transpired, Eli Apple's baby mama, who I guess also has children with other guys in the NFL, put a hit out mm-hmm. on Eli Apple and said that she will pay the fine of anybody who hits. Eli Apple, she said, she, I think she said hamstring or go for the knees. Basically, just go for the like, knees. Take, I think she said, yeah, take him out take of him contention. Out. It's just mm-hmm. um, that's gross. That's, it's gross. That's, I don't it's like gross. that. A couple things on this for me. One, if you guys do not have the honor or privilege to be on Ashley Nicole Moss's close friends, you are missing out. <laughs> and sorry, but I'm on it and I love it. Uh, two. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Listen, I know that these men have access to some of the most beautiful women in the game, the best bodies, the best faces. They they have access to probably, like I said, the most beautiful women ever. I, I highly doubt that this woman waited until a baby to show you her crazy. To post something like that, you were getting little doses crazy before the baby came into the picture. Listen, whatever you choose to do with your woman is your business, not mine. However, we got to be careful who we are creating children with around here. My God, I don't think there is any amount of pretty that is worth this kind of headache. This is another layer of crazy to me. I think we've all been the ex-girlfriend that, you know, we 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 know how to get a little crazy with our words. We know how to be petty if we need to be petty. This is this is top tier pettiness, and we're we're now we're we're going into crazy land. Um, right. I just they need the athletes just be be more careful about who you're messing with because it also it also doesn't make any sense because if you really break this down and I know that people when they speak in emotion may not always speak in logic but I like to refer to myself as a logically emotional person my emotional um outbursts if they will always have a lot (laughs) of logic behind them so right logically I'm breaking this down and I'm assuming this woman they referred to her as an IG model that's code for I don't think she actually works she probably is an influencer in some way shape or form and that's no knock to influencers it is a lucrative business if you're one of the top but um I believe so let's just go ahead and say she's not making you know big money she's not you know a big time influencer she may be a small one whatever the case may be if you have a child with this man and he's in the NFL, he's making X amount of money, that money is then trickled down to your child. So by taking him out and jeopardizing his career, you're also by byproduct jeopardizing yourself and your child's livelihood. I don't think she thought that one through. No, I don't think so either. I don't think that she thought it through at all. And this is another play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Uh, sounds like she needs to narrow down that close friends list because I'm not so yeah. sure they are close friends because she got Wouldn't exposed. Wouldn't be me. I sure. know that much. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't be, be me. me. 
We will be back though with Mike Jones. Yes. I just love saying his name like that. It just reminds me of back in middle school. Who? Mike Jones. That was the days. <laughs> That's a simpler times. Simpler times. Nose off to spite your face. And here to talk about all things NFL, it is Mike Jones of the Athletic. Mike. Let's just dive into this right now. This Jonathan Taylor situation was just absolutely idiotic, if you ask me. And I will explain why and let you take it from there. I feel like the Colts knew exactly what they were going to do from the beginning. Jonathan Taylor requested a trade. They gave him the option to go ahead and pursue a trade, knowing currently what the running back market looks like, but also knowing that, in my mind, there was never going to be a trade that was going to suffice them to the point that they would have made that move. So all they did in my mind is spite their season for the first four weeks unnecessarily. You could have just paid your guy, kept him happy, and he would have been there for week one. But here we are, and we won't see him until October. What do you make of this whole Jonathan Taylor situation? Yeah, it's a mess. And I think that if Jim Ursay would stay out of the way and let the guys that he pays to build the team and coach the team um, handle this, this probably would have been resolved. They would have taken care of Jonathan Taylor, but the Colts have a really bad history. They didn't pay Marshall mm-hmm. Falk. They didn't pay Edron James. They didn't pay Joseph Adai. Um, you know, they don't take care of running backs. It's not just um, right now with Jonathan Taylor. Um, and it's unfortunate. And, you know, at the time that we heard that they were giving him permission to seek a trade, some people were thinking like, you know what, they're just doing that because they want him to see what the market is and realize you're not worth what you think you are. They put a really high asking price on there. Um, and part of that was to make sure that a trade, it looks like to make sure that a trade didn't get done. And now, unfortunately for him, he's still on the PUP list. Now, it's interesting because the fact that he was going out there and pursuing a trade, he knew he had to pass a physical. And so in his mind, he was healthy enough. Now, they kept him on the pup list to open the season and he can't be traded. And um, And so it's very interesting to me that, okay, this guy is healthy enough past physical go elsewhere but they kept him on the pup list almost i don't know it felt kind of vengeful type of move uh to do that and you know like you said it's unfortunate it's also unfortunate for anthony richardson because that guy needs a quality run game to help ease pressure Mm. on him and he's not going to get that absolutely and listen Diving into, you know, the Colts history with running backs, but overall what you said about the running back market as a whole, I feel like we've had this conversation a lot of the offseason with a bunch of different players. We spoke about it with Saquon Barkley. We spoke about it with Josh Jacobs, now Jonathan Taylor. You know, there has been a lot of conversations and I've had the opportunity to speak to some vets, you know, who at once played the running back position, LT being one of them and telling me basically, look, The running back market has changed, but they are still such an important piece of the offense. Does a running back need to be able to do more than just power through those holes? Yes. Do you need a running back that can go ahead and also catch the football? Yes. But then you see a running back situation like Saquon Barkley, for example, who may be borderline. Some will say he's more of a traditional running back, but still such a pivotal point, part rather, of that Giants offense. The top rushing leaders for that team were him and Daniel Jones. You don't want your quarterback being one of your top rushers and yet it still wasn't enough to get him paid so what is the future of the running back position in a pass first league and how are these guys going to get paid once again well you know they have to when they go to the negotiation table they have to really take a hard stand 
Um, and, and, you know, it's unfortunate, uh, but that's really the only way. It's not going to be something that's going to be taken care of in the CBA because the last CBA was just agreed to in 2020, and there's not going to be another mm. CBA uh, for another seven years. It's unfortunate. A lot of these running backs were upset when they found out that the uh, the franchise tag figures went down for running back, went up for everybody else. But if they had paid attention when they were haggling about the CBA, um, maybe they could have done something about this. Now they're stuck. Um, yes, you're exactly right that you don't want your, you know, traditionally you don't want your quarterback being, you know, one of your leading rushers. But this is a modern age now where everything is spread out. You pass to set up the run. There's not as many guys stacked in the boxes. So the quarterbacks do run. And that does kind of make it so you can you don't need that dominant workhorse back. Um, I talked to a lot of running backs last week, former running backs, just about the change in the game. And you see a lot of guys who are, you know, late round picks who come in here and do really well. But that's because you're not carrying this physical load. You're knocking against, like you said, heavy boxes with, you know, eight, nine guys in, the, in there because you pass to set up the run and everything is more spread out. And so that's why these coaches feel like, hey, we don't have to really get a premium guy and pay uh, or the general managers. We don't have to pay top dollar for these guys. But when you look at the successful teams, they always do have a strong run game. And so some of these backs are worth really investing in. You can look at Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, um, you know, Josh Jacobs should have gotten paid. Barkley should have gotten paid because Daniel Jones would not be Daniel Jones's, you know, level of competence last year if it wasn't for him. Uh, but it's unfortunate. Hopefully they'll be able to hit free agency and not do the whole franchise tag thing again this coming off season and they'll be able to go somewhere where they're valued. I think it's very Absolutely. interesting too. just like, like Ash talks about the way that the market is right now. I, I talked about this a, a few days ago, actually about how last season, the uh, quarterbacks actually accounted for 21% of rushing touchdowns back in 2010, that number was 11%. So the way mm. that this game is evolving and the way that this game is changing, it does worry you a little bit about what the running back market looks like. I'm so used to the NBA where these players can basically trade themselves. And now I think we've got a lot of front offices in the NFL that like to show their dominance, show their control and say, you're only going where I let you go. Uh, and I do worry about the running back market for that exact reason. I think the game is changing and you're seeing a lot more quarterbacks with mobility and taking advantage of the run game. Yeah. And, and you know, when you look at it and you, know, you talk about, you know, the NBA, that's always been a player driven league. The NFL mm -hmm, has always been one where they keep these guys under their thumb um, and, and they don't like to to relent and let them have um, a say in where they're going. Um, that's why they will, hey, we'll franchise you so that way we get you on a bargain deal again and we control your rights for another year and just string it one year by year rather than rewarding these guys for the long term. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate. Uh, the game does go in cycles, though. I asked a couple agents, hey, if you have a college running back that's coming out, you know, what kind of advice do you give them? And they said, look, we're going to play another position, uh, find ways to be more versatile, be involved mm -hmm. in that passing game and really prove that you're not just a running back. You have to find another way to make an impact. And that's really sad because, hey, running backs have been very important in the run game in the past game for a long time. Uh, and it's just something that has just been devalued as wide receivers get paid more left tackles get paid more, pass rushers get paid more, obviously quarterbacks. And so that money has got to come from somewhere. And the days right. of having the running back as you're leading, your, you know, one of your leading earners just is no longer. 
Before we dive into preseason and roster cuts, which you had a great article on, um, want to just talk about the, I refer to them as the New Jersey Giants as a Cowboys fan. And as a New Yorker, I don't acknowledge them as a New York Giants, but that's a different conversation. Um, they went ahead and put out their list of team captains for the upcoming season. And there's 10 of them. Yeah, 10. And one of them um, Waller had this to say about being named a captain. Listen to this. Um, it means a lot. It's something that you don't take for granted. Um, I don't come in to try to, uh, you know, earn a C on my jersey. I just come in to try to impact guys in a positive way because I know I'm somebody that's been in the league longer than a lot of guys in the locker room have, so they may look at me to see how has he been able to sustain through good times and through bad. So I try to set an example like that and if it, if it manifests into being the captain, then uh, I'm going to continue to try to do the same things that I've been doing as far as you know, uplifting guys and just being a positive example. That's the newest member of the Giants, Darren Waller. Now, Mike, 10 captains is a lot. Like normally I've spoken to, you know, I work with Brandon Marshall, NFL vet. He says the most he's seen was like six, maybe seven. 10 is kind of overkill one of the names on that list Saquon Barkley which seems you're kind of taken back a little bit seeing how the organization did him in the offseason and then hands in the the captain title which is of course uh, voted by his peers but I mean why do they need so many captains yeah I don't know you know I've seen you know for you know last time you would see an offensive captain a defensive captain and a special teams and maybe you would see an extra offensive captain so four six seems like a lot to me I think that, hey, this isn't um, Little League where everybody needs a participation <laughs> trophy. These are grown men we're talking about right here. You don't need that many captains. If you have that hard a time picking out who your leaders are, um, you know, then, then you got some problems. I think if I'm the head coach, yes, it's great. The players can vote. But you say, hey, okay, that's great. All you guys are leaders. But one, two, and three, you guys are my captains. I don't need all these other guys. Um, you know, let's all just continue to lead, but you don't have to, you know, get to see just to, to be cool. That's for sure. Listen, let's dive into this, though, because I feel like this is the biggest chunk of, of what this conversation, this whole NFL conversation can be about in this block. I mean, preseason roster cuts, we've officially ended both. Um, the preseason has come and gone. Yesterday was the deadline to make the 53-man roster. Um, a lot of guys did not make the cut. And I think that we tend to focus on the 53-man roster and what the finalized version is. And it, it's because fans are so excited to actually have football that matters in terms of wins and losses. But I think we failed to realize just how life-changing this is for the guys who get cut. A lot of them will never see an NFL field, facility, helmet, jersey again. And this is the end of the road. And those guys who will see another team have a long road ahead of them to kind of get back into that roster, into a position, make a practice squad, just kind of dive into, you know, the article that you wrote, which was phenomenal. I mean, with the psyche of just preseason, why it matters, the roster cuts, how traumatic that is. Yeah. You know, this is the opportunity for these guys. And we talk about it because, you know, everybody just wants to see this, their, their favorite players on the field. And when you're holding veterans out, people feel like, oh, this, this isn't really worth it. Um, let's skip to the regular season. Let's kill the preseason. But no, like, and you talk to anybody who's a talent evaluator or a coach, they want to see game reps 
And all those players want to see is have as many opportunities as possible. If you're a young guy to showcase what you can do. Yes, you have practices, but they're not full contact. Lots of times they're not full speed. Uh, when you're going all out in a game, that's when you really have the opportunity. And so if you kill the preseason, you're making it even harder for some of those guys. Because I can remember year after year where a guy is on the bubble and he goes into that final week in the preseason and he makes some amazing plays and locks up a roster spot. Um, for mm -hmm. me, I hate cut down day. It's the worst day of the year. It's the worst feeling to text a player and say, hey, um, did you make it or did your dreams come to an end? Or even talking to their agents because, you know, they're so invested as well. Um, it's awful. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, and I know people are like eager and, you know, you don't really realize that until you actually are talking to people. Uh, but the good thing is, is they've expanded practice squads. And so a lot of these guys that cut, um, there is an opportunity to still land on their practice squads or, you know, elsewhere in the league. Not a lot of them. Uh, but there still are some. And, you know, the good thing we're seeing now with the XFL, um, USFL, there's some spring football. Hopefully these guys get the opportunity to continue to work on their games, showcase what they have, and then wind up back in the NFL. But it is a rough, rough time right now for a lot of guys. I think, too, with cut day, you're kind of looking at where the front offices stand on their certain investment towards other players. To me, one that was very alarming, very surprising, was the investment that New England is putting in Mac Jones, or as I call him, Mid Jones, um, just because I do not have faith in Mac to run an offense. It's just never been something uh, that I have believed in. And very interesting to me, uh, the cut of Bailey Zappi, because at one point, I think there were conversations about him potentially being a better option as a starter for this Patriots team last season. We saw Mac Jones struggle. I would love mm. to pick your brain on that cut because to me, that was probably the most alarming yesterday, uh, having Mac Jones be the only quarterback as of now in New England. Yeah, that was very interesting. That was one that was a surprise to me as well. But as we see, um, you know, and a lot of longtime agents will always tell you, hey, they call it the final 53, but it's really just the initial 53 because we'll see rosters change within the next couple of days, weeks, and everything. Mm. We saw Bailey Zappi um, did not go uh, claimed, he went unclaimed in waivers. So basically the Patriots are gonna wind up picking him back up, adding him to their practice squad while they continue to kind of massage. They must have had a good feeling, okay, what is the interest in him? They had some other players that they wanted to protect and make sure some other teams didn't get them. They felt like they could cut um, Bailey Zappi um, and Amelie Cunningham, have them pass through waivers and then bring them out in some way or shape or form. But I still wouldn't be surprised if they don't go out there and get a veteran. Um, you know, Colt McCoy's out there. His name has been mentioned as a possible backup uh, to Mac Jones. You want to have some experience, but Zappi and Cunningham, they're not done as Patriots since they have an opportunity to be on that practice squad and then be promoted. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Voted on game day. Mike, before we let you go, I, I have to ask you, I'd be remiss if I didn't. Um, Doug Peterson had to cut his son, Josh Peterson, <laughs> from the 53-man roster. But today he got to bring him back as a practice squad member. It was the memes were flying yesterday, all for the joke to be on the general public because Josh is back. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, it is saved. It won't be awkward. I mean, this situation is funny because they're related. Could you, if, so funny. would you be able to cut your own son from a 53-man roster if you had to? You know, I know as far as the sports teams that my kids are on and the coaching when I coach teams as well, the coaches are always harder on their own kids um, a lot of times. There are some daddy ball guys, but I imagine Doug Peterson is one of those where, you know, his son probably wasn't all that bad. Um, and he probably was harder <laughs> than, than a lot of guys just because he didn't want to show favoritism. Now, we do know that he was in the USFL for two seasons and was inactive for almost all of one of those seasons. So he's not amazing, I don't think. Maybe he's a project and has to grow, but hey, at least he still gets an opportunity uh, to continue to grow uh, with daddy uh, standing down a couple yards away. And more I bet they had a bit of an holidays awkward family dinner. Yeah, I was going to say. family dinner. You listen, you can't cut your own son. Christmas, Thanksgiving, that's all right around the corner because, listen, that's right. the way that my petty is set up, someone, he would ask me to pass the mashed potatoes and I would say, why don't you have one of your 53-man roster guys do it for you? I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So it's a good thing that the, the relationship is saved. Mike, thank you so yes. much for letting us pick your brain thank on you. all things NFL. It was a pleasure, and we hope we have the opportunity to do it again with you soon. All right, thanks. You guys have a good one. Thank you. You we'll too. We'll be right back. We have a lot more to get into, so you guys don't move. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. I'm sure Liv will say something very shady. <laughs> Mid Jones was mean. Oh, yeah. Mid Jones was mean. <laughs> oh, listen. Live. As a Nuggets fan, thank you, Ashley. <laughs> thank you, Ashley. I'm also manifesting because when the Knicks win a finals one day, we will be world champions. And I don't want anyone to talk to me crazy because I waited right. my entire life to see that. So bite me. You know um, what? But listen, we <laughs> need to ahead, cue up the picture. We need to cue up the picture of Nikola Jokic as a child in Serbia wearing a Nuggets sweatshirt. A Denver Nuggets sweatshirt. Yeah. Not a Serbian whatever mascot right. jacket he was wearing a denver nuggets sweatshirt as a child in serbia okay and mm -hmm. i'm gonna be honest most times that i joke about certain nba players playing overseas it's typically not a compliment i told dylan brooks he needed to be prepared to play in china i wasn't saying that as if it was the flex i was saying that because you are no longer going to be playing at the highest level of basketball, which is in the NBA. So uh, you are absolutely right, Ashley. The best league that every 
basketball player I think in the world would like to eventually right. play in is the NBA right here in the Listen. United States, the best in the world. And I get it. I get what Noah is saying in, to a degree. Like, do NBA players, does the NBA have to compete against the world to win the NBA finals? No, it's not like track where you're racing against player or uh, athletes rather from a bunch of different countries at one time. And the winner right. is truly going against the world in that sense. But the league is consisted of international players. And there's a reason why the international players aren't playing in Serbia or Slovenia or Nigeria or Greece They're or right. France. They're coming right. over to play for the best league in the world. Otherwise, there'd be Absolutely. no reason for international talent, talent to come play in the NBA. And also, I get it. Throughout the course of the season, you're not going against the world per se. Indirectly, you kind of are because the league is becoming more international. You have Jokic, you have guys who come from different countries and are playing in the NBA. So you're seeing their best against the American right. best. And also FIBA, the Olympics, the, 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 the Team USA hasn't not won the gold in 19 years. There's a reason for that because the talent is not the same. So it's not the I, same. I don't get the issue. I just feel like world champions, NBA champions, like honestly, like who who really cares? Like who really gives a damn? I, I think he thought he was really doing something with that sound bite. Like I think he thought it was gonna pop off in his favor and then everyone was like, What are you so pressed for? Like, what are you yeah. so pressed for? <laughs> it is not that my boy, it is not that deep. It's not that deep. And honestly, my solution to this, hey, could be fun to flirt with the idea of making that mid season tournament uh a mm-hmm. little global. Why not? Why not? Why not shut Noah up in the best way? How in a little mid season tournament? I know that we we've already added one. Add another. Make it global. Bring in I, some. Bring that, in some that, uh, foreign countries. That might make it interesting. Versus like the mid season tournament amongst the NBA, bringing like Team Spain, Team Italy, That's right? Fly That's them right. all to Vegas and, and put this put this conversation. To rest, I'm, I I would be as the meme says, and you can have I would like to see you that you could have the like USA team be like the all like the all first NBA team, whoever's defensive mm-hmm. all first team, whoever's offensive all first team, that's your USA team, and then you bring in whoever they think is the best of the best internationally, A little mid season tournament. Could you and Adam Silver need to need to get together and and have this conversation and, and start <laughs> cha- exchanging I'll ideas. Give him a call. Can somebody get you his email address? We gotta, we gotta make yeah. this happen. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We'll figure it out for sure. In some more NBA news, uh, Mark Spears put out a great piece yesterday from Anscape. Um, 
regarding Ben Simmons, he did a Q&A with him and down in Miami where he's training. And there were some sound bites that came out of there, basically saying in so many ways that he is excited to go ahead and be 100% healthy for the first time in two years. He also said that if he went against the player he was last year, that he would, quote, kill him, Um, that he's ready to go ahead and dominate. He's going to be the starting point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. He says, quote, the version I'm at right now, if I was playing against myself from last season, I would kill him. There's a lot of other um, quotes that came out of this piece. But um, Liv, I mean, you've been somebody who, oh, also, I think one of the things that before I give you the floor on this, one of the things that took people by surprise, especially Philly fans, was that he said if he ever were to leave Brooklyn, the reason he never asked for a trade like Kyrie and Kevin Durant did from the Brooklyn Nets was because he likes Brooklyn. He likes New York. He likes the market. But if he were to play anywhere else, the answer is and only ever will be Philly, that he will, quote, always have love Philadelphia. So Liv, you are somebody who's been very critical of Ben Simmons. You don't shy away from smoke. You don't shy away from giving it 110. Um, What did you make of this piece and and the the quotes that came out of it? Yeah, it's the boy who cried healthy. I'm over it. I'm super over it. Um, You know, we've heard this this thing before. We've heard this scale before. And listen, I'm not sure Philly wants you back, so just stay where you're at stay healthy go kill your former self if that's what you feel like doing but until I see it I honestly don't care and that sounds so aggressive but I we have heard this from him before I'm in the best shape I've ever been in and then he's sitting the whole season so I think until you become you can become reliable for your team and for your fan base boy who cried healthy Well, listen, he did go ahead and speak a little bit um, about his health and said that he was not healthy last season. He knew it. He tried to power through it. He couldn't go ahead and play the way that he's accustomed to playing. He spoke about an instance going up the stairs where his back just completely gave out and said people don't realize that side of things. So he said he's 100 percent. Had he been more transparent? I, I think had he been more transparent, I think people would be a little more patient with him. But it feels like we're never getting the full story, you know? Like, just be honest. Say you're not ready. Don't flirt with the idea and say you're in the best shape you've ever been in and you're ready to help your team win a playoff game and then you never show up for the playoffs, you know? So the transparency piece, I think, is what's lacking. Well, Liv, you always you always keep it real. Time will tell. The season starts in a little bit <laughs> over try. a month. I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait. We will be right back to close the show. Do not move. Trust me. We got a good one.
every game, seconds to every game. I didn't say nothing, but now it's ridiculous. I don't care what she's doing on her serve, but my serve, she has to be ready. Okay, well, well said. I absolutely love that. That was Coco Golf at the U.S. Open, and yeah. she was, um, listen, standing her ground against the referee. And listen, right. I love this because it just goes to show that women are becoming a lot more outspoken in their craft um in you know wherever that craft may be and it's actually interesting Liv because you and I had this conversation about last week when you were calling me about a work issue and you know mm -hmm. one thing that I always preach to my friends and you and I have a couple years age difference is listen you get what you ask for and if it's not will, yep. if it is not working for you, vocalize that. And women will get a bad rep and be called difficult, the B word, and all these things. But I love that women are not backing down from that narrative that is tried to push on women who are are assertive about their business. Because if this was LeBron James, if this was uh, Carlos, you know Alcatraz, if this was all you know any top athlete in the sport right now, they would say he's a competitor. That's amazing. I love this. But as a woman, it's not the same yep. standard for you. But I love that women are not shying away from it. They don't give a damn, Coco. Yep. I'm here for you, girl. Love it. And I love it, too, because it makes you wonder how many times this umpire or ref or whoever gets called out has done this before. And someone hasn't been strong enough to step up and say, you're not doing your job. You're letting this person get away with whatever you're 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 affecting my game negatively. It makes you wonder how many mm. times that has happened before. And then it takes somebody like Coco to say, no, knock it off. Like, <laughs> I see what you're doing. It's not OK. And I'm going to stand up for myself. She shouldn't have to do that. But she and I'm proud of her for it. And I think it's uh, setting the standard everywhere for women to just not tolerate BS and stand up for themselves. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely love girls, it. we run the world. Listen, don't let these That's guys, right. girls, whoever push you around. <laughs> That's Talk right. Ish. Stand your ground. I'm here for it. I absolutely exactly. love it. I love you. I love hosting with you. I love it's you been more. Fun. The hour has flown by. I hope we have entertained Always. you guys at home. Um, we'll be back. See ya. See you Thanks next time. In. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.